0: You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. The chapel frame that Dr. Kuenu has selected is kingdom community. And here is an understanding of what it means for us in our practice of our faith. We believe that we image our creator through natural, political, and moral capacities, as God's image is upon all of humankind. If we only know some of us, we don't know all of who God is. Kingdom Community invites us, you and me, all of us, to the table of faith where past and present geography and ethnicity all join together. In concert with the Great Commission, we join with John Wesley's declaration, all the world is my parish. Appointed as the Chief Intercultural Engagement Officer, Dr. Vanessa Quenu serves as a member of the Senior Administrative Cabinet. Dr. Quenu's expertise, teaching, and personal convictions align with the critical position in exciting ways as Wheaton College pursues a a biblical vision of diversity across its campus, providing leadership for defining and meeting campus-wide diversity and inclusion goals, and plays a central role in fostering and sustaining a vision for biblical diversity. Dr. Quenu's work includes collaborating with faculty, staff, and students to foster and sustain a compelling vision for biblical diversity and embracing the challenge of deepening ethnic diversity, promoting racial unity, and advancing intercultural understanding. She promotes and develops inclusive pedagogy and curriculum that support culturally responsive classrooms with Christian faith integration, grounded in a practical biblical understanding of race, ethnicity, gender, and socioeconomic class in the kingdom of God. Dr. Quenu's expertise include social rhetoric and race discourse, In addition to earning a bachelor's in speech communication from Wheaton College, she holds a PhD from the University of Massachusetts Amherst and a master's in oral performance. Dr. Kuenu, I wish I knew that. We would change or add to our plans from Western Illinois University. More recently, she has served on the college's board of visitors from 2014 to 2018. But Asbury, what I want to say to you this morning is when I met Dr. Kwenu for the first time, I thought that I was in the presence of God. She embodies a life anointed by the Holy Spirit. So please extend a warm welcome to Dr. Vanessa Kwenu.
1: Well, good morning, Asbury. God bless you. It is indeed an honor and a privilege to be with you. Um, in Chicago, we're having temperatures below zero. So this is really nice. This... <laughs> oh, I'm so thankful to be here. And I want to just take a moment to honor your president, Uh, President Dr. Brown and his lovely wife uh, whom I've had the pleasure of meeting and chatting with, uh, to his executive staff and senior leaders, to uh, your faculty and, and remaining staff, and to you, the illustrious students of Asbury. It's such an honor and a privilege to be with you. It gives me pleasure to honor my friend and colleague, the person who extended the invitation Dr. Esther, God bless you, and I thank God for you. Would you just join me in thanking God for her? A little bit of time and a whole lot to do, so let's, let's get at it. Let's go for it. Uh, my title is Pour the Oil, The Work of the Holy Spirit in the Ministry of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to speak. We believe that you have brought me here for such a time as this. And these are your people, your precious people in this part of the kingdom. So Lord, send your word. Let me be nowhere in the picture. Hide me behind the cross. Let no flesh tarry in your sight, only use me to say what you once said. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer, in whose name we pray, amen. The Holy Spirit is at the center of racial reconciliation. It's work. The Holy Spirit works it. It's hard work, and it takes the Spirit of God to do it. He brought about a man named Martin Luther King, Jr., whom we all have, I'm sure, somewhere in your journey. You've heard about his sacrifice, his courage, and his willingness to put Christ first, even when it meant his own life would be lost. Yes, Dr. Martin Luther King was a great man and his legacy lives on. But my focus this morning is on the power of the Holy Spirit that was at work in Dr. King. So many people have taken Dr. King to be their very own. And that's good. That's a good sign, right? People who are not Christians, they come from different walks of life, they claim Dr. King as their own. And that's a a good thing. But the church must not forget that at the heart of this man was a commitment to Jesus Christ, and him crucified. It's really all right if you say amen. Because that is where we have to go. We have to go back to the original assignment in the earth. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of glory, he is the one who institutes justice in the earth. It's not man made. It's not manufactured in the human heart. There is no way that we could create justice or love or harmony between the races. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a ministry. So I want to go as, 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 as much as I can. I want to get through four points on the work of the Holy Spirit in racial reconciliation, in the ministry of racial reconciliation, the ministry of racial healing. And I only ask that you would please listen. I ask you to please listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. The four points are, let me give give them to you now, and then I'll go back and unpack them a little bit. The four points are the work of the Holy Spirit Is the work of blessing. It's the work of blessing others, being a blessing, speaking blessings, giving so that people will be blessed. The second one, the work of the Holy Spirit with regards to racial reconciliation, is the work of progression, forward movement, progression, forward movement. Number three, the work of the Holy Spirit is the work of connection and fellowship, connecting with God and connecting with one another. There has to be connection. There has to be unity coming together, fellowship. How can we say that we love God and not fellowship and not connect and not love our brother and our sister? In fact, we are taught during communion that if you have an ought against your brother or sister, an offense, an issue, a problem, a struggle, go back. Don't come to the table. Go back and go to your brother and your sister. I mean, this is radical Christianity, right? Tell them, hey, you know, I got something going on in my heart. I'm feeling a little funny kind of way over here about you. You might not say it like that, but you know what to say. <laughs> and get it straightened out, and then come and partake of the Lord's table. Connection. Number four, the work of the Holy Spirit in racial reconciliation is the work of anointing. Let's, let's go to the text for this morning. It's in the book of Numbers, in the Bible, the book of Numbers, chapter 23 verses 7 through 12. Might be a little bit of a strange text for this particular topic, but stay with me. Verse 7, chapter 23, Numbers. And he took up his oracle and said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram, from the mountains of the east. Come, curse Jacob for me, and come denounce Israel. Verse 8, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? Verse 9, for from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. There a people dwelling alone, not reckoning itself among the nations, not esteemed among the nations. Verse 10, who can count the dust of Jacob or number one-fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of this righteous and let my end be like his. And verse 11, then Balak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies. And look, you have blessed them bountifully. And then verse 12, and so he answered and said, must I not take heed to speak what the Lord has put in my mouth? This is an interesting passage of scripture between a prophet and a king, between a pastor and a senator or governor or president, between a head of state. But this was not just any old prophet. It's a very complex story. I mean, Balaam was the one who was riding on the donkey that talked, It gets even stranger. Balaam was not an honest man. Balaam was a corrupt prophet, and yet he had enough God-fearing that although I do my dirt and I do my stuff, I don't play around with the word of God. When the Lord speaks, I got to say what God says. And the king, Balak, had offered him money because the Israelites were closing in on Balak's kingdom. And he asked the prophet to go and curse them Because he believed in the power of words, the power of speaking, the power of releasing. And Balaam said, well, the only way I can do it is that I've got to go and ask God. And the king said, go ahead. I know he will let you curse them for me. I mean, listen at that. And so he goes and he seeks the Lord. And the Lord says, no. How can you curse those whom I have blessed? And this corrupt prophet, I mean, I don't have time to, you know, unpack it. But he was, he was, he was something. <laughs> but, you know, for the purposes of God, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to get into a theology of who God uses. That's not the point. But for the purposes of God, God will use whomever he will. And he will do whatever he wants to do to help his people. And so Balaam says, he goes back to the king and he says, I, I, can't, I can't curse them. Sorry. He, he wanted the money. I, I, I imagine, you know, in, in my... In my Sanctified imagination. <laughs> I imagine Palin was saying, could I do anything else for you? But he could not do it. And that's, that's all I want to extract from that scripture. I just want to get before us the importance of blessing. The importance of blessing others. Oh Lord Jesus, the work of the Holy Spirit is the work of blessing those that other people are cursing. It's the work of seeking opportunities to bless the unblessed. It's the work of remembering the forgotten Why? Why is it that people are so quick to curse? Could it be because of the fear of having to share cherished space? The things we cherish, our land, our property our rights, our privilege, our neighborhoods. We don't want the wrong people moving in because it could disturb the balance of things. But the work of the Holy Spirit is the work of blessing. God is so intent on blessing others that he even spoke to a corrupt prophet like Balaam to stop him from cursing Israel. It is the spirit of God that works in us that will not allow us to curse what God has blessed. But you say, how, how are we doing that? We, I, I'm, I'm not racist. I'm not cursing people. I do not say mean things about people who, who are not like me. Yes, but could it be that we participate indirectly to the harm of others? Check your social media. What are the movies that we are watching? For the sake of personal entertainment we ingest and take in stereotypes and harmful images and harmful media that puts down, talks about, denigrates others. Dare I say at a Christian college, dare I say Pornographic images. And when we are doing that, we are participating in the cycle of cursing. Because there are those that are unimportant to us. We don't have to come in contact with them, we don't have to be accountable to them. It is for our own pleasure that we listen to stories and media and songs and images. We accept images that certain people are just like that. We accept stereotypes that there are those people in our culture. That's how they are. And they are just going to be like that. We have to stop and think on a personal level, how are we blessing others in our hearts? It's personal, in our spirits, in our hearts. Where is the integrity in our hearts? The second one is the work of progression. The work of the Holy Spirit is the work of progression. Forgetting those things that are behind, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I press forward. The work of the Holy Spirit is the work of forward progression. I want to introduce one other word when I say that, forward progression. I want to introduce the word buoyancy. Buoyant, you know, something that can float or be held up. The work of the Holy Spirit is progression and buoyancy. What does this mean? Consider that the force of the substance upon which we rest is stronger than your own weight, including your weight when you are carrying other weights. And the force of the substance upon which you rest is stronger than your weight to the extent that it creates forward movement. So if you sit an object on water, such as a canoe, it will not sink. It's buoyant, right? If the canoe is not tied to an anchor, the waves will cause it to move in progression. The work of the Holy Spirit is the work of blessing others so as to move them forward the way that you want to move forward. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Whatever has has blessed you. Listen, you didn't get here by yourself. It doesn't matter. If you are from a family of great means and wealth, and that's good, that's great. We should not, look, it takes, hey, it takes finances, right? It takes resources. We should not bash people who have been blessed with financial strength, not at all. But it does not separate us. It does not make us mean more to God. We are not more valuable. We are not privileged in the sight of God, in the kingdom. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. In this, my Father's kingdom, we all stand at the foot of the cross, needy and recipients of grace. Come on, somebody, say amen. Amen. So we cannot afford to make anybody the brunt of our jokes, our decisive actions against nations, races, regions, of people, no, we cannot lock down people based on who we are. We can't lock them down and say they can't come forward. You ought to be very excited when a brother or a sister that God brings to stand beside you, whether it's here at Asbury or it's on your job or in your personal circle, wherever you live, and God brings a brother or a sister. I'm talking about a brother or sister in the Lord. It doesn't matter their race. It doesn't matter where they're from, but he brings them and they stand side by side to you side by side to you they stand next to you that ought not to cause us to say oh my goodness what does that mean is my, is my you know hey my scholarship is it in danger are my things at risk we have to be willing to rejoice when god lifts up another person forward progression always looking for an opportunity to move them forward always looking for an opportunity to lift up and not to tear down i'm almost out of time i gotta stop real real fast the work of the holy spirit is connection This is more than just a cursory sharing of credentials, but this is the yoking together around the things of God, being willing to sacrifice, being willing to give. Lastly, the work of the Holy Spirit is the work of anointing. The oil is the symbol of God's anointing. I think I have time just to share this this example with you real fast. My husband is from Ghana, West Africa. He plants churches, he just, God just uses this man in great ways. But I traveled with him one year when he was consecrating about 10 pastors. I don't know, something like that, the number, I'm not exactly sure, but about that. About 10 pastors, he was consecrating them. And look, my brothers and sisters from the continent, they don't play around. No, no, no. This was a consecration where all the pastors came to the altar and knelt down. And it wasn't just, you know, take a little, I don't know why I didn't take the walking mic I should have. I'm sorry. (laughs) I like to walk. But anyway, it wasn't just a little dab of do you oil. Mm -mm. It was a flask of oil. And my husband, he looked like he kind of enjoyed this part too. (laughs) He actually poured the oil. The oil ran down their faces, down their shoulders, and they're on their knees and they're crying and praising God and blessing God, and the oil is dripping. And from the back of a crowded sanctuary, kind of like this, an old mother comes running down the altar. She couldn't go very fast, and she knelt behind the pastors. And she began to take the oil and just smear her head with it and smear it over herself. And another one came, and another one, and another one, and another one, and before you know it, the whole audience was moving toward the altar to just get a little bit of that oil. I said to my husband after it was over, I said, how, what were you thinking? He said, oh, I totally understood it. Because whenever oil is poured, poor people understand that's their opportunity. Needy people, people who need God, they are not ashamed to go for the oil. And so I close to say to you, Asbury, you have been blessed beyond measure. Without pouring of God's grace, spiritually, financially, physically, in so many different ways. You have so much. And I'm saying to you, pour the oil. Pour it out. Don't hold it. God will show you how. God will give you the how. How. The action steps, but let your heart receive it. The oil has been poured on you and he wants you to pour the oil on others. Let's pray. Oh dear God, in my own feeble way, God, I have tried to communicate what you put in my heart and I pray that your people receive it they will not be afraid to say no I will not participate in the downfall in the cursing in the in the putting down of another person I will bless them and I will pour out the oil as you pour it into me in Jesus name
0: praise God